0: This is the Wesson Walker Show.
2: Even the crowd knows what's coming next.
0: It's Wesson Walker on Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. As always, we appreciate you hanging out with us in the midday. You can text in on the Carolina Men's Clinic text line 704-570-9610. Again, the number is 704-570-9610. Already, I love the random combos that we'll have as we're transitioning from Charlotte Sports today into Wes and Walker, because it all started with Copeland, a.k.a. Jokeland, writing in "Ricky tikki tavi I have no clue what the context was. I wasn't listening at the very end because we're in the other room getting ready. But "Ricky tikki tavi if you don't know, the mongoose, the childhood mongoose, maybe the cartoon or whatever, used to beat up on some cobras. And my take on "Ricky tikki tavi was that he was the OG honey badger before he got all the press because YouTube was out. Mm. I'm telling you, mongooses... They don't lay down and rest after getting stung by killer bees. Mongooses are the real OG honey badger and they deserve their respect and so I appreciate that from Joklin. That got us transitioning into the mean cats that we've had over the years (laughs) and you had a mean cat named Biff not the Charlotte 49er head coach Mm -hmm. but a badass Biff in its own right, the mean cat that you had growing up.
2: Yeah, my grandma back in the day in Savannah, Georgia, she had a lot of different cats. She had a, a lot of them at once. She might have five or six at a time but they lived on a lot of land so obviously they weren't house cats they would be out doing that thing uh but she had one named biff he was a gray cat and it always <laughs> seems to be the gray ones either gray or black but he was a gray cat uh he had like little black streaks in his hair but he was no joke like it wasn't no coming up petting him oh what a beautiful cat like he was swatting at you when you tried to do that he would beat up the other cats like, he was the 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 big cat
0: in the yard. Nothing I hate worse than a mean cat, to be honest with you. As yeah. a kid, my dad had two mean cats. One was okay. One was okay if you didn't mess with him. Mm-hmm. As soon as you tried to pet him, no, I'm about to swat at you. You might get bit. That's on you. I didn't come at you. You're the one that started this. He had another cat named Millie, okay? Mm-hmm. Millie would seek you out and bat at your head as much as she possibly could if you sat down the way it was set up in the kitchen there was a table behind us as well yeah. and so she would jump up on that table as soon as i sat down i would go visit dad for the summer i'd lay my bags down sit at the kitchen table for a moment SWAT, bat, bat, <laughs> bat, 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 bat. <laughs> she wasn't feeling you hated her i hated, her. I hated her and she hated me man yeah so that was the worst mean cats they're the worst yeah in they in are the world. especially with those claws mm-hmm.
2: i mean just no joke. They're no joke. Especially they hiss too. It's oh. it's
0: about time Sir Purr and the Panthers start acting like mean cats around here. This is very true. Nice transition. I love the way you did that. Thank you. I appreciate that. Yes. When is Sir Purr going to be a biff or a millie? That's what we need. <laughs> we need the spice. We need the baton. We do need that. We need the claws. And until David Tepper allows that cat to hit the street and be mean, this is how it's going to work. That's what we did all Wouldn't yesterday. Wouldn't it be ill if they had a a mean
2: Sir Purr that went out. They changed his little face up a little bit, having yeah. a
0: little mean mug going. And we've talked about mascots before. I think Hugo is the perfect mix of snarky, a little smirk on his face. He's a clown, but also he's a little scary. Like, he's not soft out here. Sir Purr, I don't think Sir Purr's soft. I just don't get intimidation. There's a certain something with Hugo that you look at and think, oh, he might mess you up if you come at him the wrong way. Yeah. But also, he's funny. Like, it's also a dude that I could hang out with. I think Sir Purr is somebody that I could hang out with, but I'm not really worried about in a fight. Sorry, Sir Purr. I like you. I I think you're a good mascot, Mm -hmm. but just a little bit of the different personality
2: dynamic. This is not a cat I want to take into a dark alley. He's not an alley
0: cat. <laughs> He's no, <laughs> it, it, the, the other alley cats might not beat up now. Her, I hate to say it. All right. This is Wesson Walker with a uh, cat conversation. We're going to continue that except talking about the Panthers because a lot of fallout from the David Tepper press conference that took place yesterday. There were lots of national opinions on not only David Tepper, but on the Panthers because of some of those comments. Let's get to it. Mr. Bus driver, open up the doors, pull up to the scene. Let's get off the bus.
3: We look good getting off the bus. I got something to say. Damn! Kick
0: it! I can feel it. What's the Tepper fallout for you? Do you have any different thoughts 24 hours later after after some of the comments. You can text in at 704-570-9610 and you can also listen to Wes give his take on it. Anything from the fallout here after you read some of the think pieces or heard some of the National Pundit?
2: Uh, not much and a lot of people echoed a lot of the sentiments that I had. Got up there saying nothing. Very arrogant. Uh, basically saying that he can push the buttons whenever he wants to and just the same thought for fans of the Carolina Panthers that Uh, you're in trouble right now and hopefully his money can save you. That might be a new revelation that I have that maybe him throwing enough money at stuff, throwing enough money at the right coach, throwing enough money at the right staff and players and, and getting this thing right could maybe save you but as far as just him as a personality and how he operates... Yeah, man, this is uh, certainly the movie villain like we talked about yesterday.
0: My my take is that everyone sees it the same way we do. I was listening to all the phone calls roll in on the Kyle Bailey show yesterday. I heard Mac and Bone discuss it this morning. I was listening to plenty of people discuss David Tepper's press conference. And we realized, I realized, everybody else's take not so different from my own. Everybody sees trouble on the horizon. Everybody sees trouble with what happened with this organization so far and how it all starts at the top where David Tepper basically just does the copy and paste line from what you've heard every other owner say when they're making decisions. Ultimately it stops with me. That's great. It's true. How much do you believe it? And can you give us some details to show us that you actually believe that? I wanted to play this comment from Marcus Spears. If you don't remember, Brett Jensen allowed this press conference to last 14 minutes instead of the 10 that it was originally scheduled to last because the PR staff, they were about to bring David Tepper on up out of there before it got too entertaining and too crazy. But Brett Jensen, the question that he asked, was about Bryce Young. If it was true, if the reports were true, that you were the guy that was the driving force on selecting him number one overall. He talked about how they have the utmost confidence in him, that he still is their guy. He confirmed that C.J. Stroud would have been their second pick. He went over the plan about trading up to two first and then going up to one at the end of the day. But here's something from Marcus Spears on Get Up on ESPN saying, why in the hell would you even bring up C.J. Stroud's name?
3: The day before your marriage, you're thinking about marrying two people, okay? Mm-hmm. This this is basically what Tepper was saying. And then when you marry the one person and somebody asks you later, You'd be like, well, I was going to marry the other one if circumstances would have been different. What? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like you've tied yourself to this young man for five years. And to your point, because you said it, I don't know if you pay attention to it. Why mention C.J. Stroud's name? Why? Wow. You are in a press conference about the Carolina Panthers. And the disarray, new AMO, yeah. And Bryce Young. Yeah. Even if the reporter asks you that, the res- the response is C.J. Stroud ain't our quarterback. I'm focused on Bryce Young and making sure we put him in a position to be successful. To your point, me. Ne- you're big enough. He ain't gonna humble himself. He's not gonna do it, and and that's why he has six coaches in two years. Mm-hmm. That's why this 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 staff that we all thought, which was the greatest situation for yeah. a young quarterback to walk in with all of this wealth of experience and knowledge about playing the position, he's pulling the trigger on Matt Rule. He pulled the trigger on Wilkes, who who kind of revived Ooh. the season. Yeah, he, did. Yeah. he pulled it now. He's just pulling the trigger on Frank Wright. I don't understand why. Some of these guys that own teams with zero football knowledge won't rely on football people.
0: I thought the Bryce Young confidence comment from him yesterday was a good thing. Marcus Spears made enough good points to have me question that a little bit. What did you take away from Marcus Spears' comment?
2: Yeah, I agree with what he said. I mean, I don't think that you should have brought it up. And as I said yesterday, I don't believe that they didn't want or at least Frank Reich did want C.J. Stroud. And I don't believe that it was a full consensus. I mean, we saw evidence of that when you talk about McCown and what he said to C.J. Stroud. And you talk about what came out about Frank Reich before the draft. But I know, you know what I think we should do? Uh, what should we do? I think that we should have a David Tepper war cry where when we war cry, we say, Something that we think about the press conference or the state of the Panthers inside of that string.
0: Okay. I feel like you got real seductive, and it was kind of hard. Was, what, what, what are you saying? Like, kind of hard to hear is what I was saying. Thank you, Fitty. Appreciate that. I mean, you said
1: seductive and hard in the same sentence. Right, what do you right, want me to right, do. Right. It's true,
0: but also a nice first contribution today from you on the microphone. Thank you. I would expect yes. nothing less. Yeah. But what were you saying? I am saying in- we should do a, a war cry that's centered around uh, the
2: temper. Press conference yesterday, where we screamed something that we feel about that inside of the war cry.
0: Okay, you're right. We did almost forget about war cry Wednesday. I got you. That got that you. is true. So do we do go around the room, or we do, no, it, we all just at the do same it all together? Okay. All right. All right. Let's let's do it. Let's get the the war cry rolling. I did not, I did not know where this was going, but Wes was right to bring this up because we did not do the war cry Wednesday, and it stops for nothing. So let's go ahead and do it, Fitty. Even you, who has tried to back out the last couple of weeks. You need to do it as well at the count of three. West reminding everyone at the cubicle in the car. No matter where you are, we yeah, need man, a war your cry. First day, We day. need a war cry on this Wednesday. One,
3: two, three. Hey, yeah,
0: was screaming in tepper doing the tepper impression that he was i like that flavor with the war cry wednesday with that we will take it to the next <laughs> break we can get some more thoughts on marcus spears comment and what have you but i did want to leave this up to a poll what we talk about in the next segment we did this last time it worked pretty well this is a democracy i want to know what you guys want to hear about in the next segment is it ben volan discussing the very real possibility of bill belichick coaching the carolina panthers next year is it scott fitterer and his absence what that means for the future Or is it the coaching traits you would most like to see from the next head coach of this franchise and have a little candidates talk? So again, Bill Belichick to the Panthers, Scott Fitterer's absence, candidate traits slash candidates talk. What do you want to hear about? Text us 704-570-9610. We'll take a quick break and come back with more Wes and Walker.
2: McDonald's is not new to chicken.
0: pretty well, asking the people what they want to discuss in the second segment. All right, Fiddy just took away the lead-up to what I was saying, but it's okay. Breaking news, it stops for no one, and I am included in that. What do you have for us, Fitty?
1: Well, We got some uh, big news coming out of Pantherland. The Panthers have signed veteran guard Gabe Gabe Jackson to their practice squad, and I feel like with the authority to use the breaking news sounder, it's usually negative things around here. Mm-hmm. Now we're going to use it for positive. Okay. And anything that could be a reinforcement. And after we've watched this offensive line block the way it has blocked the first 12 games, they need someone to come help them on the offensive line. And Gabe Jackson, I watched some of that film last night. Prime Wes Bryant being out of the Panthers practice squad right there, baby. Is he as is? How 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 does
0: he do as far as a pulling guard? Is he anywhere in the same stratosphere as Zach Martin you know, anymore?
1: He 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 is no Zach Martin, but he could be maybe. Nah, I I lost where I was going. Okay,
2: <laughs> how are you signing a guy that's not coming in to be an immediate starter? I mean, with the way that this line blocks, if you get signed to the practice squad, imagine how bad that must be.
1: Well, I mean, imagine what what Calvin Throckmorton had to be thinking last week <laughs> while standing on the Tennessee sideline. Saying I got cut to watch these bleeps, yeah. Like I mean, I could be getting getting my grades like in the in the single digits on PFF.
0: He's sitting
2: there like I could be getting my ass whipped too. Well, to be to be fair,
0: (laughs) yeah, he could be. Well, to be fair, I I think he was on the sideline last week though for Tennessee, right? I was he was he playing? Yeah, I was about to say. So it's not like he was
1: still. I mean, he, he was he was he was sitting there watching, you know, Icky mm-hmm. Chandler Savala. The Panthers started a guy at right guard. I don't think he's a real person. I think it was a fake name. Like you had some made up dudes out there playing offensive line in the NFL. And Calvin Throckmorton got released.
2: You had AI linemen out there, but you didn't have enough digital currency to get their traits up. There. <laughs> you only had well, enough good, to make
0: right? them a fifty-five. The bots are taking over, not only for Sports Illustrated, but now they're playing offensive line for the Carolina Panthers. Yeah and they're playing like they're virtual reality rather than a real human. That's why it was so easy. It's because it's just pixels there. It's not actual human flesh. Yeah. So you could just run right through pixels and go sack Bryce Young. That's what was going on. Yeah. I don't like that. If you're going to put somebody in the offensive line, make sure they're actually a real person. Maybe that would help Bryce Young. 704-570-9610. Feel free to text in on the Carolina Men's Clinic text line. We got a lot of text We got a lot of mascot talk. We got a lot of, hey, I want to hear about Scott Fitterer. He was the one that won. But we had a few people write in, like Dave and Concord said he wants to hear more about Fitty crying on the plane. Uh, We heard... Scratch yourself! Yeah, we heard Moose. He wrote in that he would like to talk about a potential Fitty OnlyFans account. So Mm. people took this uh, and they ran with it. Maybe not in the direction that I expected, but I do appreciate some of those texts nonetheless. Huh? Man, what was that? I guess we are going into a virtual world with that one. That was the black hole into wherever that offensive guard came from against the Tennessee Titans. That's where he escaped from. So, this was the thing that won here, Wes. What does Scott Fitterer's absence mean for his future? I think people were writing in yesterday, hey, why is Fitterer getting off scot free, if you will, not taking any of the blame? One, I think it was just because the press conference ended so abruptly. Even if Joe Person is attempting to ask that question to David Tepper as he's exiting the room, nope, no answer in return, so we didn't get anything on Scott Fitterer. We know that his he was not there. He was not present at the press conference. Usually you would have your general manager if you decide the, to fire the head coach because your general manager, in theory, is supposed to help you look for the next head coach. I don't know if that's going to happen. I've seen some people question Because things are so quiet about Scott Fitter right now, because even the Joe Persons of the world, Scott Fowlers, anybody covering this team, we don't have a definitive answer on whether he's going to stick around. Even if you and I both feel now he's gone, it's just a matter of time, but he is going to be gone. Are you starting to backtrack on that at all or because of some of the quiet part because of. Them just not saying anything about it because no one has anything to say about it? Or do you still feel pretty confident that Scott Federer will not be here for Carolina?
2: Man, that's a tough one because as you said yesterday, what what do you do? I think he made the interim higher that he did because he has a coach in mind. You just wonder if he has a general manager in mind and is just letting Scott Federer finish out the year. If I had to bet today, I would say Scott Federer will be gone at the end of this season. That's just my thoughts. I just think like how you did. I don't think that he felt it was in the best interest to get rid of him today because it just wouldn't make a heck of a lot of sense. Just depends on how much he trusts him. But if I, as I said, had to bet on it, I think Scott Federer would not be here. I think with the new head coach, if he's smart and wants to show well, no, no, that's out the window as far as football stuff. But If he does any self-evaluation, like he says, then he'll say, okay, let's do this thing the right way, start from scratch, get a new GM with the head coach, pair them together, get that relationship off and running. Unless he wants to promote Dan Morgan, as I said, I would love that. And if the new coach is down for that, that's a pairing I'd love to see. But I don't think Scott Fitter will be here next season.
0: Yeah, I don't think he will either. I understand why people think, maybe he's back because we just don't have any word on Scott Fitterer right now, but I don't think he's back either. I I heard Jeff talking about this on Charlotte sports today. If he was present, then, then you might think he would return because now you're putting Scott Fitterer out there to answer questions based off of his own job security. I would imagine in that sense, David Tepper would have already talked to him about what to say with some of those questions that would inevitably be thrown at him about his job security to both David Tepper and Scott Fitterer. And they would be on a much more common ground where I don't think that's the case. I think with him not being there at the press conference, I think that means he's not going to be there. Once we hit this off season, you get rid of Frank Reich. Most people have a problem with David Tepper running the organization the way that he has, because he makes a quick decision. He's not shown any patience. Even if we can agree it was time to move on when he did. We also have a problem with David Tepper continuing to hire the wrong guy. I understand people are saying, well, you didn't want Frank Reich here after 11 games either. Why are you getting on David Tepper? You didn't want Matt Rule here giving him a third year. Why are you getting on David Tepper? Because it shows he's making the wrong hire every single time. Maybe he did show a little more patience than we expected for Matt Rule. It's just... When he makes these decisions, it doesn't seem like there is a plan as soon as he makes these firings either. So you fire Matt Rule, Steve Wilkes takes over, and then he doesn't get the job afterwards. You have every single time when you have fired your head coach, the GM has actually stayed in place. So you didn't clean house. What you did was fire the coach, and then the GM that actually liked the coach that was fired, he was still in position there. So then you fire Marty Herney. This is how it goes, right? Ron Rivera is the first guy to be fired. Fired in season. Marty Herney's still there. And I'm going to tell you, I think most people know this. Marty, Ron, they are tight. They are very close as to why Marty got a job in Washington after Ron Rivera got a head coaching job in Washington. So Marty pretty clearly isn't in favor of that move. But he sticks around. It's a job in the NFL. He's been with the Carolina Panthers a couple times at that point. So he sticks around. David Tepper. Hey, Marty Herney's a great evaluator of talent in the NFL draft. Cool. So they keep him. They both hire Matt Rule. Quote, unquote, both. David Tepper might be the driving force. And then Marty Herney's let go. But now you keep the head coach at that time. So then you go hire Scott Fitterer. Matt Rule is now a part of hiring Scott Fitterer. Matt Rule has 51% roster control. So then when you fire Matt Rule, you keep Scott Fitterer. This is the pattern. So if you keep Scott Fitterer, and Scott Fitterer is not a part of the process of hiring the head coach, that's a problem within itself. But now you know what's set up here is that sometime in the middle of next season or next offseason, then you'll fire Scott, but you'll keep the head coach. So you will never bring in a GM and head coach at the same time. Which is what, to me, seems like football 101. Bring in a GM and a head coach that are on the same page, no holdover stuff, and see what you can do with both of these guys at the helm. But every single time David Tepper makes a hire or a fire, you can't get any common ground from these guys because they didn't come in at the same time. That's what I'm afraid of being set up once more.
2: Yeah, and another thing, too, and I see a couple of things on the text line. Stanford P. has said this, and then uh, I saw a couple others saying that, you know, is he the yes man that David Tepper wants in there in the front office? That's something that could keep him employed by the Carolina Panthers. But uh, just an example, too, you know, when I look at my own team, when you look at the 49ers, when they went through their struggles, when ownership was just making bad move after bad move, they went and got a – Uh, president of football operations, and then they go hire John Lynch, and then John Lynch had a big say in choosing a coach, and they go and get Shanahan because that's the thing as well. If Scott Fitterer had a decent say in hiring Frank Reich and not keeping Steve Wilkes, then I think that he should be held accountable for that in addition to the roster moves that he has made. And so then you want to get a guy. I don't know if you go out and hire a president of football operations, but that would be good. And then if you want to get another GM in here that is heavily pedigreed, has a history of making smart decisions, and is a guy that can go out and identify that next head coach, I think that would be the move to make. But the thing is, do you trust Tepper to give somebody that much autonomy? I'm not sure that he's going to do that, but I think that that would be the way to go as well. But I do agree with the texters. If indeed Federer is the right type of guy that, Tepper, once around, is going to acquiesce to whatever he wants or try his best to do so, that could definitely keep him in place at well, the bank.
0: Let's let's actually mesh this with some traits talk mm-hmm. that we want from the next candidate because mm-hmm. you bring up the point a lot of people are discussing right now. Do you bring someone in that actually can persuade David Tepper to do what they want? Do they have any control? Can they have the confidence The actual track record to go at David Tepper and say, nah, man, this is how things are going to be. Some of that to me is a little overblown because David Tepper, he's going to do what he wants. In a lot of these situations, there's only so much you can do. Or else if you're Frank Reich, who reportedly, you know, by our own Kyle Bailey talking about the RPO stuff, right? Kyle Bailey put out there on Twitter that. Frank Reich was approached about implementing more RPO style offense and Frank said nah that's not really my style right now I want to continue to run things the way that I'm doing them so if you have any you know firm ground and you stand on that and you go against what David Tepper wants then you just might have the second shortest tenure in NFL history that just might happen we know how David Tepper is. So the candidates that we want, it, you can describe some traits. I don't know if there is some overlap here about mm-hmm. the ability to stand up to the owner, mm-hmm. but man, how in the world would you be able to do that and keep your job long term?
2: Well, certainly you want an alpha. I know that's an often used term, but you want an alpha. That's going to be able to galvanize the team. That's what you want. And going back to Steve Wilkes, remember Derek Brown came out and said, I want that to be the head coach of this football team, and I'm sure there were many in that locker room, and for them to go 6-6 six and six down the stretch with the bad football that we had seen, that showed that he galvanized men, so that's something that you want for him to be able to do. Then, whether it's offensive or defensive, because a lot of people feel like, oh, you gotta go with the offensive of head coach, but again, I point to D'Amico Ryans down in Houston, who had the foresight to be able to Uh, They have one of the better offenses in all of the NFL, and he's a defensive guy. So as a defensive coordinator or whichever head coach you want to bring in, what's your vision? Do you want to get on the cutting edge of NFL offense where you are getting guys who might not necessarily fit all the size, speed, weight dimensions, but can really apply pressure on the defense? I mean, who's the best receiver in the NFL right now? Tyreek Hill. Is he a big guy? Is he 6'3", 225? No. He's 5'9", 5'10" and obviously it's not easy to find a guy with that kind of speed that can also play the receiver position the way he does, but still, can you find players that create mismatches? As we talked about, picking Jonathan Mingo when you could have had Tank Dale or some of the other rookies that have been out there ripping it up. Do you bring in a guy who you know, has the ability to say, let's say you go with Mike McDonald, the Ravens defensive coordinator. Well, is yeah. his vision an offense that would give his defense hell because that's one advantage a defensive coordinator can have is knowing this is the type of offense that gives me the most trouble. Let me go and implement that kind of offensive philosophy. It doesn't necessarily have to be razzle-dazzle plays every single play with 40 motions and all this play action, but go get a guy that is going to be able to keep a defense unbalanced. And I think that's the number two trade that I want to go to is just, your direction and your vision for how you want to build this team. And it's not just finding dynamic guys on offense. It's finding dynamic guys on defense as well. You look at the Ravens, what they do with Kyle Hamilton. He's a big safety, but he can run. He can play. They use him at corner. They use him in the box. They use him a little bit of everywhere. So you want to be able to have a guy. And that's one of the things that we tab with Evero is a guy that thinks outside the box, uses players in a lot of different ways, So I think that's going to be a huge thing that you want to get on the right side of the NFL, building an offense full of skilled players, still be dominant up front because it doesn't matter what you have. You got to have that. But
0: just having a vision of being dynamic in multiple multiple ways. That would be great to have a dynamic coach. Fiddy, can you teach our coach to be dynamic like you are as a dynamic producer? Is that something you can help out with?
1: I don't know if they're smart enough to retain my teachings. Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs)
0: sign of a good teacher (laughs) or the exact opposite. (laughs) You know, get away from me peasants. You, you can't hold this knowledge that I have within myself. Yeah. I think you're right. I, I would, you just want to see something new, right? Like I think what they've hired the last few times, the Carolina Panthers have had, had not had their go at one of the shiny new coaches. But you don't always have to have the young offensive mind from the Sean McVay or Shanahan tree. You don't always have to have that. It would be fun to experiment with that, though, one year. That would be cool. But it doesn't mean that you should deflect another good candidate because they're from a defensive background. Hello, Steve Wilkes, with us talking about him a lot. Hello, Ajero Avero, who I would be totally fine with accepting this head coaching job. Hello, D'Amico Ryans, who apparently didn't want the job here and wanted it with Houston. But you can still be a dynamic mind. Just look at what Dan
2: Quinn did in Atlanta. After Shanahan left, he wasn't quite the same. But in Atlanta, when he had Shanahan, they were a pretty dynamic offense.
0: Both sides of that conversation should be explored, though, because you're right. They weren't the same. And Kyle Shanahan was this bright offensive mind that was the OC. So you can have success with that guy as an assistant coach. But, man, that's a lot to ask for a coach to continue to make the best hire after best hire after best hire. And that's the thinking. The thinking, whether it be the GM or the owner, David Tepper, whoever, of hiring the young offensive mind at the head coaching position, it's that those guys don't leave. The OCs, they leave because there's another promotion to be had. There's another step to take up. At head coach, that's it. The only other way up is if you get personnel control too, and Matt Rule got that despite accomplishing absolutely nothing. It's ridiculous. Well, I don't know if we shed enough light on that. That Matt Rule had 51% control over the roster despite having accomplished absolutely nothing. But we wanted him so bad. Yes, here's one of the higher paid contracts in the NFL, and you get to decide how you build the roster. Baylor guys, Temple guys, come on down. Right, zero pedigree at the pro level, understanding what it is you need to see
2: to find a successful NFL prospect.
0: And I don't want to go too in on, on the Scott Fitterer hire because I understood that at the time. I liked that hire. I actually defended Scott Fitterer quite a bit with some of the decisions and his philosophy. I liked having a lot of bites at the apple that I've used that phrase a million times, but I like having more opportunities to hit on draft picks because it's such an imperfect process. In a way, though, when all those picks, all those branches that come out from that trunk don't have any fruit on them, then it's like, damn, that's a, a lot of missed picks. Just a switch. That's a lot. Yeah, go pick the go pick the <laughs> longest one. Go don't don't you pick a bad one either. Yeah, yeah, that's that's the problem with Scott Fitter. And so now it's time to go, Matt Rule. I know some people really like that hire. I never loved it. But but I didn't hate it. I was like, okay, this will From be interesting. Rule? Yeah. I hated it because of the money. Well, it was a lot. The, the, the money only matters so much because it doesn't count against the cap. So it's David Tepper's money, whatever.
2: It is, but it's still what it says. Like, to me, what does that money say? The money that they paid him, I was like, well, damn, they're paying him. Like, he's going to be the
0: next big thing. I hear you. I don't know if it says anything anymore. I'm with you at the time, but they got rid of him after two years. Sure. Even if we all think that he, David Tepper probably held on to him too long, an offseason too long, and five games too long, at least he did get rid of him because there were still five and a lot of change left on that contract. Frank Reich, 11 games in. Dude's going to be making 30 mil to chill. So I don't know
2: 25 if, grand a day.
0: <laughs> three years. Did you do the math on that or did you I see I Okay. Straight yeah. cash. I'm not me. that good. I was good at math, but yeah. not that good. Can you imagine yeah, 25 grand a day? To
1: chill. I that's mean, more than I'm gonna make this year. I'm 11. in the wrong field, damn it.
0: Yeah. Damn, man. Transparent with the people, huh? I was about to say. About
2: to
1: say. <laughs> yeah, I think it's pretty honest with you folks. Got some pocket watching out there. Alrighty. And that's and that's why when you see the OnlyFans, don't ask any questions. Yep.
0: I won't. I I I have a lot of questions, but I don't want to ask them. All right, that is uh, Josh Marla. Just know, if you see his leg, don't ask any questions on the internet. (laughs) Let's just move on. Uh, We're actually going to have Joe Person join us on the other side of the break. I want to hear from Joe after he was asking, what about Scott Fitterer? And David Tepper just kept on walking like he didn't hear him. We'll ask him about that, his overall thoughts on David Tepper's press conference. Joe Person from The Athletic. He joins us next. You're listening to Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. More Weson Walker back at you at Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. And a pleasant surprise right at the buzzer. We got Joe Person, people. Joe Person, the star of the press conference, at least one of them, at the beginning when all the fans were elated to hear Joe reveal the record to David and just basically say, look, man, this is a record that is among the worst in American sports right now. Fans loved that, and so we went and got him. Joe Person of The Athletic joining us here on the Body Works Plus guest hotline. Joe, we appreciate the time, man. How are you?
4: Hey, man, I'm good. I'm just uh, just getting in the car to head to practice. So hopefully you got good reception here, buddy.
0: No, we do. We do. We appreciate it. Yeah, I know you're a busy man, so we won't keep you long. I did want to have you on, though, because – and that was quite the spectacle. It wasn't long. We know that. But it was still quite the spectacle yesterday. Here's my question for you, Joe. What was your expectation coming into David Tepper's press conference, and how did that differ from the end?
4: Yeah. Excuse me. I didn't have super high expectations. Um, I was telling somebody yesterday that after he fired Rivera and I think Ernie, he did kind of a smaller media thing, not that kind of big spectacle that yesterday was. And it was, I mean, there's still a bunch of us like around a table, but um, you know, as the interest in the, the Panthers, excuse me, in the NFL has grown, you know, that they, they could. I, I thought my, my point is, I thought he was better in that smaller setting after the we just got more information yesterday. There was so very little information and some weird stuff too, as you saw.
0: Yeah, I was going to ask you. This is my next question. You talk about the little information. What do you think was the most substance we got from David Tepper yesterday? Like, what was the thing that we could actually take away as legitimate information? Oh man, um, <laughs> it's I, no, I, I know. Honestly, I'm sorry. I mean, it's loaded. Yeah,
4: I, I'm not being facetious. I mean, like the the only time he kind of went off script and and you know talked in specifics rather than generalities was right at the end when he was asked about Bryce Young and C.J. Stroud. So that was interesting. Uh, You know, And him, I I don't think we expected him to get up there and dump on Bryce Young. I mean, so so the endorsement wasn't all that interesting or surprising. But, you know, the the fact he has talked and others have talked, we've reported in the Athletics, you know, that three-team deal where they were going to go up Two and Houston was going to go up to one, and the Bears would go down a little farther. And, um, he, yeah, but but to hear them, I mean, really, that when when you hear that, how that played out, you you can't help but think, boy, but for you know, but for the uh, Texans' owner stepping in and kind of squashing that deal, the Panthers very well may have ended up with C.J. Stroud, kept D.J. Moore potentially. Yeah. And, um, uh, you know, didn't didn't lose the number one overall pick.
2: Joe, when you talk about this press conference and a lot of people felt like it was a lot of time wasted, a lot of nothing said, what was the point of the presser, do you think, from his perspective, if you could get inside of Tepper's mind, so to speak?
4: No, that's a great question. I did think they, uh, Tepper and his handlers, really made a point to try to present him as more humble than we've seen him in the past. You know, we've seen him be kind of condescending at some of these press conferences, combative. And yesterday he just, you know, he, he kind of had a more of a a humble tone uh, talking about his poor upbringing as a fan in Pittsburgh. And I, you know, Nicole and I are just fans too. And, Want to get this right, and more committed to getting this right. Like, look, I don't think there's any ever been any question that David Tepper wants to win. I just think sometimes he maybe wants to win too much. And you know, Teddy Bridgewater's not working. Let's let's trade for Sam Darnold. Let's throw money at Baker Mayfield. That didn't work. Let's do whatever we need to to move up to number one. And it's it, you know, it, it's just sometimes you got to take a breath take a step back and kind of let your football people make the football decisions. And, uh, you know, I don't know if he's capable of that. I, that was the point of my, my first question. And, you know, he did say we've got to do some self reflecting, uh, you know, Panther fans can only hope that's true.
2: So when he said that we can speculate on the different reasons that this or that happened, what do you think maybe are some of the right things to speculate?
4: You' talking about why it didn't work with Frank, right?
2: Frank Wright, yeah. When he was saying, you know, things happening here, and I'll let you guys speculate mm-hmm. and, and things of that nature. What are some of the things that the fans could be right with speculating?
4: Yeah, I don't think there's any like real anything like egregious or any smoking guns. I I, I do think there was sort of a disconnect in the offensive meeting rooms because they did bring in all of these. I, I mean, you know, big names and qualified up and coming offensive coaches like Thomas Brown and, and Josh McCown and I just think that they didn't uh, several of them Thomas Brown specifically didn't have any background with Frank Reich and so I think it was the, the way I phrased it in my column today it was kind of a messy merger it was you know that and you know you talk to other folks and coaches around the league and they're like you know what's the panthers identity i mean they're they're, they're running the rams uh, outside zone stuff that that thomas brown brought they're still doing kind of a lot of the horizontal horizontal stretch no huddle shotgun stuff that frank reich was introduced to back when he played with the buffalo bills and i don't know it just felt like they could never quite get on the same page and i I think that's part of the reason now why we see Thomas Brown and Jim Caldwell staying on to run the offense and Josh McCown and Deuce Staley who were big you know, big time backers and, and had long history with Frank Wright, especially Deuce Staley, mm-hmm. we see them moving on.
2: And then so after assembling this all star coaching staff and putting that in air quotes, what do you think is more important for next season? Getting the right personnel or getting the right head coach and coaching staff again?
4: I think it's a combination. I mean, you. I, I'm not sure. I, I don't, I know we've, I know I keep hearing like, boy, if CJ Stroud was, was in this, here's the thing. I, I don't, this roster's flawed right now. It's not a good roster. Some of it was by, you know, bad injury luck, but you know, every team goes through injuries. Just happened to hit the Panthers this year in the secondary and it guard. But, um, you know, the, the defense, despite those inter- injuries, Jero Avaro has mostly kept things together over there. I know they're not creating takeaways. And, you know, it, they're okay. You know, I'm not saying this is any top ten defense. Um, but offense, you know, I think they were going to – even before Brady Christensen, Austin Corbett, all those guards went down with injuries, I think opposing defenses were going to come up the middle and the A, a gap and B gap against the Panthers to try to cloud Bryce Young's vision at five foot ten, and I think the injuries there have just sort of created a perfect storm, and you know you can see it like you you, you can see the pockets start breaking down from the middle end, and Bryce can't really see over that that muck, and he kind of he either like darts out to the right and throws it out of bounds. Or he just sort of ducks into it, and it's they they those injuries hurt because I think I think Brady Christensen and Austin Corbett were, were special. I think we all knew how good Corbett was. I think Brady Christensen was uh, better than maybe some of us are. A lot of us gave him credit for.
0: Him. Joe, there's two more questions. I know you're busy. I just wanted to get two more in. One. No, I, you
4: guys you guys are good, man. I'm in the car heading to practice. So uh,
0: Thank you. Sweet. We got you. All right. So, one, and here I am trying to fire off a question at the end, just like you were in the press conference yesterday. We all heard you watching it, asking about Scott Fitterer. David Tepper just kept on walking, and eventually he exits the room. Do you have any feel on Scott Fitter whether he returns or not? And has has that information changed based on Frank Reich's firing or anything that's happened the last week?
4: So, if I, no, I don't have any like hard and fast information, or I would have reported it. Sure. I think it just reading the tea leaves, it it feels like. Well, one, I think David Tepper's still evaluating it. I, I think. Um, and it may depend, guys, on on who he hires as head coach. I mean, I don't think Bill Belichick, and I know that's a whole other discussion, and it would Im- involve a trade. But if if that's the route Tapper wants to go, and others, um, he he's got to give Belichick personnel control, and they, they, they Scott, he's not going to want Scott Bitter hanging around for that. Um, I thought it was somewhat telling. Maybe I'm over, you know reacting to this but scott fitter wasn't in the room yesterday and asking around to a couple people around the league they're like oh yeah that's unusual usually at something like that the GM's sitting there so again maybe it's nothing maybe it's something um i like scott fitter i think i think you know he's a good dude he's he's paid his due to in this business but, you know, the roster is the roster. And he was hamstrung a little bit his first couple years because, as you guys know, Matt Rule had, had control of the 53. Um, but, but you know, Bitter's had it now for the last year plus. And uh, it's just, uh, you know, th- things got to improve there. And maybe Tepper keeps him on, you know, but I don't know. I, it's, it's, I, I don't want to speculate, but it, 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 it feels like Tepper, all these changes we've talked about Tepper making in six years as owner. The one thing he's never done is do the GM and the coach at the same time. So maybe, maybe that's what he's considering this time.
0: All right. Last thing, Joe, you and Richard Deitch of the athletic talked about Greg Olson being interested in the Panthers vacancy. If he were approached, what are the, what is the likelihood you think he would be approached and what are the chances he could be the next head coach of Carolina?
4: Well, here's the thing. I, Greg Olson knows a ton of football, and and that's not just because he's calling games. I mean, he when when he played here, you guys were around him. I mean, he was a go-to quote in the locker room because he had a vision for the game and for formation for, for all of it, strategy, and he happened to be able to articulate it very well. So, like that said, you know, there there is still this stigma in the NFL about you've or or at least this blueprint i should say that you've got to pay your dues you've got to come in start as an offensive quality control coach sleep on the couch graduate to tight end coach graduate to offensive coordinator this and that and and david tepper has already kind of made an outside the box hire with matt rule two cycles ago uh or you know what i mean two hires ago and um I don't know. I think there would be a lot of backlash that that he might. Frankly, Dave Pepper's taking so so much of a public beating. I don't know that he'd be up for another one. It's interesting, especially by the way, in, in light of Jeff Saturday's performance uh, last last season. So I don't know. I'd say it's it's probably the longest of long shots, but. Uh, it's interesting to think about
0: yeah that's great stuff as always from joe person follow him on twitter at joseph person and go check out among the many articles up there right now on more on greg olson his takeaways from the dave tepper press conference again go follow all of them on his timeline at joseph person we appreciate the time as always man thanks again
4: All right. Have a good rest of the week.
0: Absolutely. You too. Great stuff. Let's recap some of that a little bit later on in the show. It's the Campus Corner. Coming up next, Wesson Walker Sports Radio, 92.7 WFNZ.